0: Welcome to the Pitch Your Pick podcast, the podcast where we dive deep into all the sports books, find our favorite plays, and pitch them to each other to find the best bets every day. I'm Joe. This man right over here is Jerry. How you doing today, my man?
1: I'm doing well. I had a long day at work, um, but I'm ready to get into the podcast, pitch some
0: more losing bets. <laughs> yeah, we love that. And hopefully uh, my internet doesn't crash like the uh, first time we tried recording this. We'll see, we'll see how it goes when it's not going too well. So, uh, yeah, like you said, we'll check out all of his losing bets, uh, in a second here on the, uh, the screen for the, uh, yesterday's performance, and then we'll hop into our normal recap like we always do. All right. So here's yesterday's performance and oh my God, did we have an absolute... Peter for our bets out here. I mean, look at this. Dub, 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 dub. I mean, it's just absolutely crazy. There was only one one L in the night by Jerry. You know, the Capitals money line versus the Oilers. It was a plus money pick, so we can't be too mad that it failed. But, you know, I'm a little bit upset that he ruined our absolutely beautiful, uh, perfect (laughs) 7-0 night. But, you know, it is what it is. It's still 6-1, which is crazy. The best night we've had on a podcast. I mean, look at this. He had some crazy clutch plays to win this one out.
1: Yeah, no, the the Clippers were trailing the whole game, come back cover at the end of the game. Um, The Montreal game really was on pace to go over the whole time, but I also had two player props in that game, which both cashed as well. Cole Caulfield over half half a point and Bo Horvat over two and a half shots. I gave those out on my Twitter this morning in an article I released, so make sure you're following us on Twitter.
0: Yeah. And let me tell you, I've never been more terrified of an under losing than Luca had me in that first half. Oh my Lord. This guy had like 30 at halftime going into the fourth quarter. He needed like nine more to hit the over or something like that. And then he got teed up. The lead went to a 23. He missed three consecutive shots and coach benched him. And that was it. And it was safe. And I was like, thank the Lord. I was so close to that one being an L, but we're all good. Marcus Smart cleared that one easy in the Nuggets. Uh, minus four versus the Kings was probably one of the freest bets ever because once we uh, finish up the podcast, we woke up the next morning, and boom, Sabonis gets suspended, so it instantly shot up to minus seven for the Nuggets, which they actually didn't cover, but the minus four we got it at is absolutely beautiful, so we love that. So, yeah, let's hop in to the, uh tonight's games, I guess. All right, so we have our wonderful NHL slate of games. Now, obviously, I don't know any information on any of these. I haven't watched a NHL game in my life. So, uh, Jerry will have to walk us through the uh, massive amount of games we got tonight.
1: Yeah, so there's 13 games in the NHL tonight, and there's a bunch of good ones. Um, I don't think I'll take the time to run through them all because that's a lot of games. Um, but the two games I actually want to talk about are the Minnesota Wild and the t- Detroit Red Wings. Um, and then, then the Columbus Blue Jackets at the New York Islanders. Um, a couple other interesting matchups I see are the New York Rangers taking on the St. Louis Blues, um, the Colorado Avalanche and the Carolina Hurricanes, possible Stanley Cup preview. Um, Tampa Bay Lightning at the Calgary Flames, another possible Stanley Cup preview. Um, there's a bunch of good teams playing tonight. And I'm excited to watch some hockey.
0: Yeah, I mean, just the sheer amount of games is crazy. It's like we had in the NBA last night. So, uh, the NBA tonight is horrible because we had 24 teams, I think, playing last night. So, uh, we only have two matchups. And nice versus the Sixers, which I have one uh, quick little player prop that we'll talk about in that one. Uh, and then the Warriors versus the Nuggets, which um uh, can't really check anything on that because the Nuggets game, like, just ended, but... Honestly, I don't think this one will be too crazy or something. It just—it's not a game that really interests me, at least. Uh, but that Net Sixers could have been an interesting game, but Ben Simmons um, was supposed to play and then decided that his back soreness was too much, uh, so we don't get to watch Ben Simmons go against Joel Embiid on opposing teams quite yet. But uh, you know, it is what it is. And then with the uh, NCA, there's just yeah, like uh, Jared was saying with the NHL, there are so many good games tonight that. I'm just going to kind of scroll through it on ESPN so anybody that is watching the podcast and not listening can see that. But um, I can give one quick little prop. Whatever Duke's spread is against Syracuse, immediately take it. I'm a Hughes fan, and uh, Buddy Beheim, our star player, is suspended for this game on top of missing our starting center as well, which is almost 30 points per game that we are going to be missing just from those two guys, along with rim protection against a team like Duke that we've already got blown out by 30 twice. Whatever it is, it's not going to be enough take Duke. But we do have nice games, you know, Providence, Butler, Texas, TCU, which I'll talk about. Um, there's one other game that I'll be talking about right early in the day, and that's going to be Michigan um, going against a another wonderful team in, uh, what is it, Indiana. But yeah, just for top 25 matches, see Iowa, Arizona, Kansas. It's just an absolutely crazy set of games. So if you're into college basketball or maybe are interested in trying to get into college basketball before the tournament starts so you can uh, make some bracket picks, you essentially can watch like 150 of the 300 teams right now, it's gonna be wild. So anyway, if we can switch it back here. We can start off the wonderful segments. We pitch a lot of wonderful picks, and we obviously have to have Jerry start it because it's just wrong when I do it.
1: Yeah. So tonight, the Minnesota Wild are taking on the Detroit Red Wings, um, and they're set to the square off for the second time this season. In the first matchup, the Wild were able to walk away with a 7-4 win. Um, in this game the Wild were actually able to out or were actually able to or outshot but still managed 7 goals on 25 shots. Um, coming into the, this matchup the Minnesota Wild are on a 4-0 run to the over and the over is hit in 8 of their last 10 games. On the other side the Red Wings have turned it on offensively recently covering their total in 7 of their last 10 games and and in 8 of their last 10 games the total has gone over. Um, Even though Detroit has turned it on offensively recently, they still haven't figured out how to stop anybody. Uh, the Red Wings rank 31st in goals allowed and have given up 15 goals in their last two games. Um, the Wild are the third best scoring offense in the NHL, averaging over 3.7 goals per game. Over the Wilds' last 10 games, they're scoring 3.40 goals per game. Um, but over the Red Wings' last 10 games, they're allowing 5 goals a game. Um, the Red Wings are the Red Wings allow most of their goals to the opposing centers and left wing actually, um, and that actually doesn't bode well in a matchup uh, for the Minnesota Wild, who have uh, Kirill Kaprizov the, as their first line left winger who leads them in scoring. Uh, he has 28 goals this season, as well as Kevin Fiala, who plays the second line left wing. He scored the third most goals this season with 20. And uh, their second leading scorer is actually Ryan Hartman, their first line center. Um, so the Wilds have a ton of scoring options that possess- or positions the Red Wings are really weak at defending. Um, the Wild are 14-6 in games when they're favored by m- minus 150 or more. Um, and with the line being so lopsided here, I'm going to actually just take the Minnesota team total over 3.5.
0: Yeah, uh, you got some pretty solid logic there, <laughs> honestly. I, I remember the last time you were talking about the Red Wings when it was that uh, allowing five to Colorado and then allowing 17 total uh, versus Toronto. So I think uh, picking the uh, Red Wings to allow a lot of Well, goals.
1: and before the show, we were talking about how bad the Coyotes were. Yeah. They're coming off a game where they gave up nine goals to the Coyotes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, I rarely think about tailing these, but uh, I I like this one. I like this one.
1: For for anyone that's wondering, uh, the Red Wings actually allow the 28th most goals to opposing centers per game, and the 31st most goals to opposing left wing per game. Um, And if we really want to go through the other positions too, they allow the 23rd most goals to opposing right wingers. And allow the most goals to opposing
0: defensemen. So they're the Charlotte Hornets of hockey. Yeah,
1: they allow goals to everybody. Or S- Swiss cheese defense.
0: Goals. Swiss cheese defense. We're not yeah. stopping anybody. We're just scoring and that's about it. You know, you go for, yeah, go for them. Hopefully it works out. <laughs> Hopefully it works out. Um, anyway, um, I'll take it quickly to the uh, NBA. That way I can just do back-to-back um, college basketball bets and just kind of have fun with it. So we're going to be taking it over to that uh, 76ers and uh, Nets game like I was talking about. Now, initially, when I thought Ben Simmons was playing, I was going to take the Embiid over just for giggles because I thought it would be funny um, Embiid coming out and just working on Ben Simmons. But that's uh, not what I'm going to be going for since Ben Simmons isn't playing. Um, I'm going to be looking at Tyrese Maxey because Tyrese Maxey has been crazy. And we're going to be taking his over on 17 and a half points because Tyrese, since the addition of James Harden, has actually been going rogue. Uh, which is crazy. Now, the one bright spot other than Joel Embiid throughout this time without Ben Simmons has been Tyrese Maxi, And with the addition of Harden, he's just been crazy. Before the trade, Maxi was averaging 17 points, 4.6 assists, and 3.5 rebounds on about 47% from the field and 39% from deep. But since the Harden trade, granted, it is only five games, he's averaging 24.8 points, 3.6 rebounds, and 3.4 assists on 61% shooting from the field, and 64% shooting from the three-point line and has two or more makes from three in every single one of those games. So just the additional spacing and playmaking that Harden's providing, allowing Maxi to kind of just play that more off-ball role, which he's obviously just more comfortable in, has really kind of unlocked him. And then you have MB just patrolling the paint. It's basically left Maxi wide open on a lot of three-point steps not just like how it's looking Uh, with this current line at 17 and a half. Maxi has hit it in three of the five games that he's had with Harden and the two that he didn't have uh, 18 against was two 17 pointers. One was against Miami, which you didn't hit your over against Miami who was really surprised. Uh, And then the other one was (laughs) against the bulls where Vucevic was not playing and Embiid dropped 43 points. So the fact that Maxi even got 17 when Embiid was having a night of his career, I was pretty impressed with that. So honestly, those were two games where I can kind of understand why maxi didn't hit his over because I mean if you looked at the matchup and beat going against Tristan Thompson, you probably had to pick the uh Embiid over instead of Tyrese Maxi. So it's looking pretty good. Now I don't expect Tyrese Maxi to continue shooting 64% from three. This is a little bit unrealistic, obviously. But I think the additional spacing that uh, Harden has given you know this Sixers team the extra pace that he's given the Sixers team, and the fact that Maxi doesn't have to worry as much about playmaking, can just get buckets. I just like this going against a team in the Brooklyn Nets who allows, I think, the 28th or 29th most points and some of the most points to guards as well. They just have, again, that Swiss cheese defense. Even with KD, they're just not playing defense on anybody. So I'm taking the uh, Tyrese Maxi over 17 and a half here against uh, the Nets. I just think it's going to be uh, an easy one, an easy one. I like
1: that. I like that. I, um... I won't spoil too much because I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this game too, and okay. I, I I'm, I'm gonna talk about why I like overs in this game. So
0: <laughs> fair enough. All right. So, well, uh, are, so you, I, are I, you gonna be talking about this I game might, right now?
1: Yeah, I might as well jump in this, and I'll go back to the NHL right. to finish it off fair while enough. you're talking about
0: college basketball. Fair enough.
1: Um. So as Joe was talking about, since the Harden, uh, Harden and Simmons trade, this has been the matchup that everyone's been waiting to see. Unfortunately, Ben Simmons won't be dressing for the game, um, which would absolutely make it a must-watch. But the Simmons and B-drama won't be the only focus, though. We already know there isn't any love lost between Kevin Durant and James Harden, after Kevin Durant basically left them all the way at the end of the All-Star draft. Um... And with all this drama kind of involved in this game, with Simmons, he'll be sitting on the sideline, so there'll be some talk in there too. Um, I don't really feel comfortable picking a side in this game, but I find the total interesting. The total set at 22.5. Both of these teams have been playing to the over recently. Uh, The Brooklyn Nets are 7-3 to the over in their last 10 games, and the 76ers are 6-4 over that same time span. Um, I find the total interesting because there's a lot of emotion in this game. And typically in a game like this with the emotion, I would lean towards an under. Um, but in a game with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Joel Embiid, I find it hard to ever lead towards the under. Um, especially like in this high emotion setting. Like Simply put, what all four of these guys do best is get a bucket. Um, and I don't, I don't think there's a better offensive center in the game than Joel Embiid right now. I don't think there's ever been a better scorer than Kevin Durant. Um, Kyrie's Kyrie. He's one of the most gifted handlers and finishers we've ever seen in the game. And James Harden in Philly is showing that he can still be James Harden. Um, I think when emotions run high for these guys, they become better scorers because that's what they do best. Um, And yeah, they might be trying harder on defense tonight, but good luck shutting any of these guys down. Um, And given the 76ers are a pretty good defense, there's no denying that. With Embiid anchoring that Payton, they'll always be a quality defense. Um... But I think they're slightly overrating that in this total. Uh, just for example, the Brooklyn Nets last game against, or last game with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant against what I would consider a top three defense in the Boston Celtics. The Nets scored 120 points in a loss. And the total was set, in, set at 226 in that game. And the total went over by 20. Um, The 76ers has been unstoppable since the James Harden trade, as Joe was talking about. They've scored 120 points or more in six of the last seven games. And the only team to hold them under that was, guess who? The Miami Heat. Uh, I would probably lean towards the 76ers in this one. However, I'm not confident in that. But I am confident that the 76ers are going to have to shoot the Nets out of the gym tonight. And if the Nets are gonna win, it's gonna have to work the same way. So I'm gonna take the over 222.5 here. That total just seems a little low to me.
0: Yeah, uh like you were saying, uh, that was gonna be my only like mic drop moment. I mean, they had the only team that they didn't drop 120 against was Miami, and they even dropped 135 against Boston with only 19 out of MB. Like or not 135 against Boston. They had um, 133 against Minnesota. I was checking the wrong team. Yeah. But they just, I don't know. They just been kicking on all cylinders. I think the uh, extra pace that Harden's been bringing has just been nice uh, for the Sixers team. Uh, I do kind of lean into the Philly, you know, but that's kind of because of my team, you know, it's okay. Uh, but yeah, I just think this is going to be an all out bucket getting performance. And the fact that Durant's had, aside from the Charlotte game, back to back 30s, Kyrie's coming off of 50. I think that, Nets got all time confidence are going in here trying to just hoop on him. Um, and same thing with Philly. And I think, uh, the one thing that I forgot was saying that the reason I could be worried about Maxi not hitting this over is the fact that uh, Joel Embiid could con- uh continue on his yearly embarrassment of Andre Drummond and drop a cool 50. Uh, but you never know. We'll we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I do like an over in here as well as Maxi Maxi's points. Don't forget about it. Don't forget about it.
1: All right. I actually just saw the line just ticked up to two two twenty three
0: and a half. Oh, Oh yeah, get I it quick. Think. It's possible. I can Let me
1: check here. Let me check. Let me check.
0: Let me check. So you get it So you can check it faster.
1: Yeah. Uh there's some two twenty twos, and it depend The line's not widely available yet by any means. Um,
0: but yeah, it's because we're so ahead of the game. It's it's
1: it's already it's already ticking up. So. Jump on this early, but I like it, I like it probably up to about 226, but I, yeah. I really think this game probably goes, I don't know, way, I think it goes way over, I think we see another one twenty one twenty something or other, like these yeah, guys it's... are just, peer, just, just, it'll be a, it'll be an art of bucket getting tomorrow night, I think.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, so, uh, I was gonna do a different game first, but I'm gonna take it to, uh, Michigan and Indiana to start off my little college basketball spurt here, um, and with as many as there are, this line is actually changing already, so I got it at minus two, and I love that, again, I love the ability to push, you know, I always take my money back instead of losing it, that's fine, uh, but Michigan now is favored by two and a half, and that's just because I think people are starting to realize that this may be a bit Fugay's, especially we uh, consider the last matchup. So this is probably the most gut-feeling pick I have really ever had on the podcast, and it's because Michigan has been playing great without their coach, Jawan Howard, and he's going to be back tonight because it wasn't until the end of the season, and now we're in you know the conference tournaments and stuff like that. So I think a Michigan team who has already been playing great without their coach now getting their coach back, I just think that extra just umph to push them past an the Indiana team who they beat 80 to 62 on Indiana's home floor earlier in the season, just is boding well for them. So Indiana's offense is really anchored around their star Jackson Davis, but Michigan has a perfect counter to him in Hunter Dickinson, who in the last matchup just completely outclassed him on the offense, on the defensive end, on the rebounding, just really made Jackson Davis just not really look like he belonged on the same court. So I think this is just going to be Uh, tough for Indiana considering they have a lot of pressure on them right now. They need to win this game against Michigan because they're currently at that last four out to make the tournament. So they have to beat this Michigan team to even have a chance to get in there. I think with that added pressure, considering Michigan has the third hardest strength of schedule of any team, I just think Michigan is more built for the moment against this Indiana team. And again, with that coach coming back, it's going to be pretty tough. Now, Michigan has the 19th most efficient offense in the country, the 82nd most efficient defense in the country, and Indiana has the 20th most efficient offense, but a pretty subpar defense that has also been allowing 11 more points per game on average in their last 10 games compared to the beginning of the season. They're just not locking it down anymore. They're sliding when they really need to be locking it up, and that's why I like this Michigan team because last game against Indiana, they shot 11 of 17 from the three-point line. And that's when they were playing their good portion of defensive ball. So they're playing even worse defense and Michigan already is crazy against them. I just think this matchup is looking great for them. Um, Indiana also has really struggled on the road. Just on their n- last nine games, they've lost seven of them. And in their last 11 road games, they've lost eight. And this is gonna be on a neutral floor. So technically both teams are on the road, but Indiana has played worse defensively, worst offensively, and just worse in general on the road. So I just like Michigan here because they're cool, calm, collected under pressure and with Juwan Howard here. I just think this one's good uh, for Michigan to win this by at least two, but I could see it being a, a larger margin of victory, honestly.
1: I like that. If I had to pick a college to be a fan of, it would be Michigan. So,
0: <laughs> go blue. Go blue. <laughs> Alright, anyway, we're gonna bring it back to the ice, huh? Yeah, so, let's go okay. back
1: to the ice. Let's go- <laughs> I like the ice. And I love this pick, actually.
0: Oh, oh, oh um, okay, we're excited, we're excited.
1: I, I put this one together right before the podcast while you were doing your little thing. Oh, but, in. Um, but tonight, the Columbus Blue Jackets are on the road at the New York Islanders. Ooh. Um, The total in this game is actually set up 5.5, and, and I find that very, very interesting. Um, So far this year, the Blues have been the most <laughs> profitable team to the over. But the Islanders have been the 6th least profitable team to the over. Um, However, recently that kind of trend has changed, at least for the Islanders. Um, Over the la- Islanders' last 10 games, they're 7-3 and three to the over. Over that same time span, it's been more the same for the Blue Jackets. Um, they are 8-1-1 one and one to the over, and most of those games have totals set at 6.5 or higher. Um... Over the last 10 games, the Blue Jackets have been scoring 4.1 goals per game, but are also allowing 3.6. Uh, and as for the Islanders, they've been scoring more recently, and they're, they've been scoring 3.20 goals per game, but also allowing 2.80. Um, both those goal differentials for these teams are, add up to be over 5.5 on both sides. Um, the Blue Jackets play a wild style of hockey. Um, Where both teams are flying up and down the ice, creating all kinds of scoring chances um, and they give up just as many or more or who even knows who's getting scoring chances because they're always happening in these games. Um, The Blue Jackets um, play opens it up for like an insane amount of high danger chances for both teams Um, and it really doesn't matter who they're playing. Um, it is rare to get a chance to bet on the Blue Jackets on a total on this total, um, and I think the way they play, the books just really haven't seen it before, and they haven't been able to throw up totals high enough to like even think about a game going under. Um, five and a half is half a goal off the smallest total of five you'll see in the NHL. Um, I think this is a no-brainer overplay here.
0: Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I'll I'll give I mean they they haven't had under that total in their last four games. Simple. Simple.
1: And the blue jack I don't think the blue jackets have had un I don't think the blue jackets have had a total lower than six in their last ten. Yeah. Yeah, they don't have a total lo- less than six and in- Actually, they had a six against Boston,
0: and they and that game that. had nine goals. Yeah, they uh,
1: and the last game they had a total of seven versus Toronto. It had
0: nine goals. Yeah, you know what? I, I like it. I like. It. Usually, you you it's a bit difficult to sway me. I say yeah, 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 yeah. I like it. That's cool. That's cool. But I I'm not gonna lie. I think these two may be some of the better bets you've pitched on the podcast. I got to give it to you. I got to give it. To I'll give you your flowers while you drink Finally. your spray. <laughs> finally you know what that means that means they're probably going to be L's. ah
1: they're all L's, so it don't matter speaking of i'm cashing bets as we're talking but go ahead
0: yeah did the did that end up working out for you
1: clippers cash clippers with a backdoor cash we're still waiting on the other game
0: yeah the other go game ahead. is it, it's only set six you're close. you're close but that's
1: a it's at least a push
0: so. and we love it we love it all right um i'll take it to the the last pick of the podcast here i think right or do you have one more my I tripping?
1: You have one more. Uh, no, I just threw out my third.
0: Okay, we're good then. I, I got the last one. I, we're good. Um, And I'll be taking another college basketball game. I'm a fan of the early games today. So that last one, Indiana, Michigan, is 1130 Eastern. Um, So I might even be able to get the TikToks out by the time that game starts. We'll see, though. Uh, the next big game we're going to be talking about is TCU versus Texas. Now, this is a tough one because neither team is notoriously great for their spread aside from TCU recently. But I'm gonna be taking Texas at minus six here, although it is kind of changing to minus five and a half. So luckily I haven't actually made the bet. So I'll be taking them at minus five and a half since it's available. Now, uh, with Texas and TCU, these teams kind of mirror each other, which is a bit weird. Now, neither team is particularly amazing at offense, but TCU is the worst offense. But both these teams are crazy good defensively. Uh, Texas had the 13th hardest strength of schedule in the country but despite this they have the 12th best defensive team in the country it's crazy and they hold teams to the ninth lowest points per game in the country but I actually think that's changed after some new stats uh, we're getting updated for these tournaments I have it at 59.9 points but they're actually allowing 59.5 points so they've actually been locking it up even better recently so Go Texas. And that's mainly because Chris Beard is probably one of the best just defensive coach minds I have ever seen. This guy just knows what he's doing when he's talking to his players. Now, uh, Texas is also an amazing three-point uh, shooting defense. They only sh- allow opponents to shoot 31%. And TCU is only shooting at 29.9% on the season. So they're just not good from beyond the, the arc. And on top of that, Texas holds teams to under 42% from the field, so even when you know TCU is going to go inside, they're really not going to have too much of an opportunity. Texas has also taken the previous the previous two matchups um, against TCU. They won 73 to 50 at TCU and won 75 to 66 at home. So the fact that they've won both of these games by nine and by thir- or 23, it's looking like the uh, minus six or minus five and a half, whatever you can get it at, is pretty damn decent for these teams. Now. Obviously, the fact that both these teams really aren't great offensively and come, you know, playoff time, I guess we'll say defense is obviously where you want to go with. I do think an under on this can also be a great bet because neither of these teams are crazy. I mean, the leading score for TCU shoots 38% from the field and 29% from three. But I'm going to go with a team in Texas who has just had a harder amount of teams that they've had to go against, who have taken both matchups by above what this spread is right now. And I just think where TCU has been kind of Iffy all season texas has just been pretty consistent despite crazy good uh you know teams i just think it's going to be okay for tcu as long as they can keep holding that number one shooter to only 38 uh from the field just a nice simple easy uh bet although again i do quite like the under here
1: yeah i like i like what you just said there i don't know anything about the team's (laughs) But you pitched me on the pitch, I guess you would say.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like you've said it yourself. The uh, come playoff time, whenever there's defense, unders are beautiful, and we got two teams who are crazy good defensive teams. But I just like Texas in this matchup because TC was the worst, the worst offense. It's just, I don't know, it's, mm. it, it's interesting. They both have lost their last two games but Texas last two games were against Baylor and Kansas two of the top 5 teams in the country so are they really that bad of Ls considering what was a 3 point loss in OT I don't think so so i'm going to take no, i'm going to take Texas no, no. to uh to beat this one uh nice and easy especially in the tournament setting the better defensive teams usually are the ones that can uh come out just a little bit so we'll go with that one anyway <laughs> We'll get these. Boys
1: got to get studying to pick the winning bracket. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. We gotta, we gotta go through the Ken Palm and get ready. Uh, I guess we'll do this a special little announcement. We'll be doing a surprise podcast sometime soon on the March Madness tournament. We're gonna be uh, going through the brackets ourselves and just having some fun, which I'm actually pretty excited about because you know
1: we'll do it on Bracket Day, Bracket Release Day.
0: Yeah, yeah, we could do it Sunday night, like right as they uh, announce where everybody is. Won't give you enough time to study though. (laughs) But we'll see.
1: What's today?
0: Uh, well, you won't know. All, the, all I'm saying is you won't know all the teams that are gonna be in the bracket.
1: Challenge accepted.
0: All right, fair enough. All right, so we'll get our daily pick screen. Uh, ready? Uh, well, Bomb sits there all. Look at him; he's all confident. Anyway, we'll get the daily pick screen, and we'll, uh <laughs> We'll see you guys in a second. All right, so here are today's quick little picks recap: Tyrese Maxi over seventeen and a half points at minus one sixteen. The wild team total over three and a half at minus one thirty-two. 76 is a net team total, I guess we'll call it, over 22, uh, 223, I can't speak, at minus 110. Uh, Michigan to cover their minus two spread versus Indiana at minus 110. Uh, Texas to cover their minus six spread versus TCU at minus 110. And the Blue Jackets versus the Islanders total over five and a half at minus 120. Now there's a few spreads that have changed. Actually, all three spreads that we've talked about, or all three of those last three that I talked about, uh, Michigan's now at minus two and a half. Texas is, I think, at minus five and a half. It's kind of changing. And the Blue Jackets Islanders total is already up to over six. Uh, So get out there and bet these as fast as you can if you like the tail of the picks that we have here. So if you guys are watching it on YouTube with that like button, comment what you guys think, and hit that subscribe button as well. It always helps us out And if you're listening on any of those podcast platforms. Make sure you leave us that beautiful, wonderful, coveted five-star review because it always helps us out. Uh, If you guys enjoy it, again, all support really helps out. Check out the TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, everything that you can. I go out there, make some bets, and make some money. See ya.